Hello friends, and welcome back to another episode of Soul Care Sunday here on the Ray of Light TV podcast. For those of you who do not know, or if it is your very first time here, Ray of Light TV podcast is a space that promotes collective healing through transparent conversations and a deep devotion to the best possible versions of yourself. This is a space where we promote education, inspiration, and motivation through sharing our deepest testimonies and convictions. This is also a space where faith and everyday life's journey meet. I thank you so very much for being here, and I encourage you to sit back, relax, and enjoy this season of the Ray of Light TV podcast. Good afternoon, everyone, and welcome back to the Ray of Light TV podcast, your top tier spot for the modern woman of faith. Um, How are you doing? How are things going? And I hope everyone is doing awesome. Today is a very important day as we close off our entrepreneurship and innovation series here on the Ray of Light TV podcast. Please make sure that you catch up on all of our previous episodes wherever you stream your podcast, whether that be through Apple, Spotify, Google, or YouTube, you will find us there. Today, I have brought on a very special guest and someone who is very close to me and also a very active member of my church, Elder Brandon Lipford, to discuss the importance of a Sabbath day rest. I know that so many of us are used to working Monday through Sunday, especially us who aspire to be entrepreneurs. You are almost never off. But today I wanted to come onto this platform to bring both strategy and conviction back into the equation so that we can actively live and pursue a week in business that honors God. Thank you so much for coming on, Brandon. Thank you for having me, Ray. Appreciate it. Um, So for those of you all who don't know, I just want to give you a little historic background before we dive into this. A Sabbath day rest is extremely an extremely important practice to members of both the Christian and Judaic faith. It is a day in which we remember and honor God for his past victories for us and a day that we cease from all work. Yes, all work. I thought that this conversation was so important because in the 21st century world, you do not see many people who truly honor the Sabbath or keep it in remembrance anymore. And honestly, it is truly an extreme disservice because the Lord actually adds a special promise for those who keep the Sabbath holy, which we will get into later. But before we do, Brandon, I want to pose the first question. Why do you think that this is? Why do you think that people neglect to honor the Sabbath? And I'm not talking about those who don't know. I'm talking about actual saved people of faith who, even though they know on the seventh day we're supposed to rest, still find themselves doing everything but honoring the Sabbath. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, uh, thanks again, Raven, for having me. Um, to that question, I think um, in th- this case and a lot of other cases as well, uh, sometimes uh, we don't obey the Lord's word because we don't understand, number one, we haven't had adequate teaching, and then also there may be a lack of faith. Uh, mm-hmm. And I say that because, uh, for example, when the Lord had told the people of God to keep the Sabbath and to collect 
double the amount of manna on the sixth day Mm -hmm. so that they wouldn't go out and gather on the seventh day. The Bible says some people still went out. Mm -hmm. They still went out on the seventh day looking. um, And the likelihood is because they didn't have the faith to believe that the Lord would still provide and that what was gathered on the sixth day would be able to sustain them Mm -hmm. or that there would be another uh, on that eighth day, per se, another download from the Lord to provide for them. So if there is no faith, people then go inwardly and they start to believe that their own work and labors and efforts are what are going to sustain them rather mm-hmm. than trusting God. So wow. there can sometimes be a lack of faith that I'm going to have to do this because I can't take a day off because if I take a day off, no one will be there to take care of me. Mm. Uh, and we're not trusting the Lord to do that, which he said that he would. Uh, but then there's some people who just, I think, haven't had adequate teaching. And they don't, um, and that may, maybe not necessarily their fault, but they haven't had good teaching uh, to settle them and grant them an understanding about what God really wants us to do and how God wants us to manage our time. Yeah, I think that's so powerful saying that it's actually a day of trusting God, you know, trusting God to sustain and trusting God to provide. I know for my own, you know, sake, sometimes it's just a question of time management. Like, you know, we got six days to do everything we're supposed to do. And I still find myself on Saturday like, oh, my gosh, I have so much homework to do. But what I do now is I like for a long time, I've just committed myself to not doing anything on the Sabbath. Like I keep it holy. I don't defile it. And so I'll just wake up real early at like 5 a.m. on Monday and get my work done. Um, but I, you know, I use that as a time, I use the Sabbath as a day to, you know, show God how I really feel about him. And I heard somebody say that on a podcast about, there was this neurosurgeon and, you know, when you're on call as a doctor, you have to, you know, be there. If they call you on Sunday, you have to be there. And so he said, um, to the best of his ability, he showed God how he felt about him by not having to work on Sunday. But if he did, he showed God how he felt about him by taking care of his people. And so I thought that was a really interesting way to look at it. What you think about that? I think that's, that's an, an excellent application of what is the principle of the Sabbath. And you saw that actually in the New Testament, how there were these very rigid, rigid-minded religious people that the Lord, his uh, revelation of the true spirit and the heart of God behind the Sabbath it disturbed their rigidity of their mm. faith. When they saw him healing on the Sabbath day, they saw his disciples plucking the ears of corn to eat because they were hungry on the Sabbath day. And he did not correct that behavior or he was again doing that behavior in terms of the healing. That disturbed their rigidity because of their lack of understanding that the Lord Bible said desire mercy rather than sacrifice Mm -hmm. that the legality that the lord gave to people in the law was to help them to govern their lives in a way that they could still worship him but it never superseded the lord's heart and love for his creation the people most importantly so the need of people supersedes rigid law always has the heart of god is always to care for and love the people that he made. And that's why he actually gave the Sabbath. The Sabbath is to rest the soul. It's Mm -hmm. for the soul, the laborer to be honored. After you have labored all these days and you have been 
honoring your work and your projects and all that you have been, you're building, the Sabbath honors you, your mm. soul, the one that yeah. God has made and the one who is cherished. And when you honor God's creation, God's, the one that God loves, you honor God yeah. uh, and you honor your soul in, in honoring God in that. So the, the, the example that you gave, that doctor understands that, um, that the call on his life and his service to people may disturb a rigid thought process of when the Sabbath is, but the mm. principle of the Sabbath can still be lived out. And that is actually far more important to God and always wow. has been. Wow, that's so powerful. Thank you for that. So now that we talked a little bit about the background of the Sabbath, I actually want us to look into uh, seven promises that God um, shares with us and, and gives to us for keeping the Sabbath. And I'm going to actually share my screen so that we can look at these together. Great. I thought these were very powerful. So the first promise that God gives us for honoring the Sabbath is a gift of time. It says in Genesis from Genesis 2 and 1 through 3, in the beginning, God gave humans the gift of sacred time to spend in fellowship with their creator. So we know that the Sabbath is a time of worshiping God. Most of the time we go to church on the Sabbath. And you know what? I'm going to actually ask you about this <laughs> because I feel that if the Sabbath is a day for rest, it will make so much more sense for us to go to church on Saturday and then rest on Sunday. <laughs> what do you think about that, Brandon? Well, I think that uh, perhaps we have to redefine and reinterpret our definition of worship. Uh, and, and certainly those of us who are uh, involved in the priesthood and in the ministry, sometimes the uh, labor, so to speak, of actually conducting and facilitating worship does not seem like rest, but it is rest to our souls. And perhaps we have to rethink how we approach it and even, you know, restructure how sometimes we approach the priesthood. There will always be labor as it relates to worship. Worship is in its essence, sacrifice, the lifting up of a sacrifice. And that's going to require some effort and energy. But that labor is different from the labor, the servile work that the Bible says you're not to do. That's different. It is an exertion of energy to offer up worship under the Lord. Uh, and that really should not be laborious. It, it can be, but it shouldn't. <laughs> okay. Thank you for clarifying. Yeah. Another one of the promises that God gives us is a freedom from work, which Elder Brandon just talked about as well. The Bible says, since sin brought exhausting toil through Adam in his fall, the Sabbath right. is a weekly rest from work for everyone, including animals. Isn't that even cool that it says yeah. your, your animals, your housemaid, nobody in your house, nobody is supposed to work. And so I just find it so amazing that even in the day to day of our lives, God has structured a day. Um, in which we can, you know, continue our godliness and be like him. On the seventh day, God rested. He did everything on the six, six days, then he rested. And then we have an opportunity to, you know, be like our father and rest on the seventh day. So I love that he cares about us that intently and deeply. Any thoughts on that, Brandon? I, 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 I'm wholeheartedly with you. And it, it's very, very um, powerful. And it, again, it is the Lord honoring us mm -hmm. and teaching us to honor uh, our soul and the relationship that we have with him, which is so very important. 
and in many cases, if not all cases, more important than what we do in the work and labor of our lives. Right. It's who we are with him. Absolutely. Another promise, which is one of my favorites I love, is the blessing of joy. Those who keep the Sabbath are promised joy and fulfillment in life. If you read into Isaiah 58 verses 13, which Isaiah 58 is just an awesome verse for fat. I mean, an awesome um, chapter for fasting, but it also talks about the blessing of joy. Those who keep the Sabbath day, God promise us joy. Mm-hmm. Another promise is a special blessing for our children. And I think that's so important because, you know, I know I have a lot of people on here who are moms and, you know, they work on Sundays and they have to do stuff. But God says that when you keep the Sabbath, when we show our dedication to God by keeping his Sabbath holy, he promises to gather our children to him and bless them. And you can find that in Isaiah 56. Have you ever seen an example of that in your life, Brandon, where God actually has favored and blessed your children because of your dedication and faithfulness to him? Uh, I mean, I, I, I certainly believe that that um, the Lord has been good to my children, mm-hmm. uh, and I like to believe that yes, my faithfulness and trust in the Lord, according to His Word, has something to do with that. But I would even give you a better example, and you know, you know very well, right? We we, we uh, memorialize and laid to rest my grandfather this past weekend, and my grandfather is one of the most faithful. Um, religious men that I have ever known and witnessed. And the faithfulness of his walk with the Lord was something that was celebrated by so many people at his service that talked about his consistency, his faithfulness and honoring God on the Sabbath, that if the service, if the church doors were open, if there was going to be worship service, we knew who would be there, which was my grandfather. And he has nine children. Of those nine children, there are countless grandchildren. I am one, you are one. And then I've got kids and they are his great grandchildren who knew him and were able to uh, uh, have a relationship with him. Um, and we have all been favored. And I wholeheartedly believe that is directly a result of God's honoring of him in uh, response to his faithfulness unto God. And so I can see that in my own life, that the blessing and favor of the Lord that I know has come down as a result of my grandfather's faithfulness and the promise of God has impacted me as well as my children. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. Another promise that God gives us is security, which Elder Brandon talked about a little bit earlier. It's a day to put your trust in the Lord and not in your money or like he said, our projects and stuff, which can consume so much of our time that sometimes they can almost become like a God in itself, God in itself to us, you know, where we put more emphasis on the project than God. But um, on the Sabbath, God has given to us the Sabbath as a sign of our saving relationship with him giving us security in the midst of a world of falsehood and deception. And you can find that in Ezekiel 20 and 20. One of my favorites, and we're almost done, is renewal in Christ Jesus. It says that Jesus came as God in the flesh to show us how to live and how much God wants to save us from sin so that we can eternally live with him, the most important thing. He claimed the Sabbath as his holy day and then showed us how to keep it in Mark chapter two, if you want to look more into it. So I believe that uh, the Sabbath is just a day to continue the work of Christ, to live and walk in the ways that he did the perfect way and continue in his work. And then the final promise that God gives us is the hope of eternity. 
God's promise of a new world free from sin is concurrent with an unbroken cycle of Sabbath, Sabbath worship, which you can find in Isaiah 66, 2020, 22 and 23. So those are a few of the promises there. That's not the absolute, but a few of the promises that God gives us for keeping his Sabbath day holy. Anything you would like to add to that? I just think that in all of those promises, what we see is, again, far less of this rigid understanding of, you know, when we have to keep the Sabbath and, 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 and what we can and cannot do on the Sabbath, it is much more about the principle mm -hmm. of how the Lord wants us to live and how the Lord wants us to have relationship with him and that the Lord has set by commandment in the timing of our life and the cycle of our life a day and a time to remember how important that relationship is, to remember how important worship is, to stop working and to worship the Lord, mm -hmm. how important it is in your scheduling and the way that you think about your lifespan, how much time you must give to honoring and resting in the covenant that you're in with the Lord and how that is so important to God. And if you neglect that, if you um, remove the sacred holiness of that from your thought process, and you start to get into this rhythm of chasing, uh, you know, whatever you're chasing, financial gain or money or fame. If you get into that, you will actually lose the meaning and the value of what God has invested in you when he breathes life into you. Wow. And you will actually become distant from the Lord. And all the promises of God that he has for you, you will um, disqualify yourself because you are not valuing the covenant that brings those promises into your life. So it's just, just so important, the principle of the Sabbath and how that just will always continue to remain so relevant for us and to God. Yeah, I think that's really interesting. I think my question would be, because I think when you think about honoring the Sabbath, I think it definitely is a question of fearing the Lord and a question of reverence. How much respect do you have for God and his holy day? And how do we bring people back to a place of honoring God? What will get these people to be like, you know, on Sundays, this is a day set aside for God. Every other religion has their days and their people follow and they they'll take off work. They'll do this. Sure. But it seems like when it comes to Christianity, sometimes I'm not saying that it's an absolute, but sometimes with Christianity, people take the mercy of God as a means to be flexible and in and, and a means to say, well, I can do whatever I want. You know, the Lord is merciful. He'll forgive me, forgetting that the Lord has, you know, covenant and he has things the way that he wants things done. So how do we bring a, how do, how do we bring, I guess, the, the fear of the Lord back to people? Sure. I, I think that primarily instilling instilling in people the fear of the Lord is always by instruction, mm. teaching. The, the key to, because, because it is true that uniquely, I think, God, the God that we serve, who is God, mm -hmm. is a gracious God. So the God of grace by nature is not a God that wants us to worship him out of fear, that we have this sort of dread and terror and therefore we obey him. 
that's actually not the character of God. God's approach has always been to love us into our adoration of him. And through our adoration of him, through love, we will willingly worship him because this is relationship, it's covenant. It is not God who orders us to do things and then is pleased just because we do them uh, because there is some fear of retribution. God actually wants us to love him and God wants us to love him from a willing and a perfect heart. And so the way that you get people to that point is to teach them, like we're talking about now, these are the promises that God has made to those who will honor his word and his Sabbath. And this is how you honor his Sabbath. And this is what you do. And this is how you prepare your heart to do that. Trust him. Mm. Believe that he will care for your business, so to speak, when you rest and worship him. As we instruct and teach people, uh, the, the, the idea is that their mind is transformed and their heart then becomes tenderized to God and they surrender to his love and to his relationship. Mm -hmm. God does not want, is not in the business of ordering people to worship him. His commandments, he does make commandments, but even the commandments of God, God wants us to obey them in faith. Yes. That the heart of our, our heart is not that we are so terrified of God that we obey him, but we obey him because he is great and because he is good, and because of his love, which is abundant and abounding in our lives. So yes. I think to answer your question uh, is teaching people, mm. teaching people the value, the worth, and the way that we honor God, and how we should do it together. Yeah, and I think that just brings up another point of like, you know, staying in your word is so important, and reading the word and knowing it for yourself is so important. Um, a, a passage that the Lord took me to last night in my, you know, in my private time with God was the story of King Jehoshaphat or Jehoshaphat. Okay. I, I'm not sure how you pronounce it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And what he was just teaching me is how many of our battles are just fought through praise and worship. So if you go into Second right. Chronicles 20, you'll see, yep. you know, the people were coming against King Jehoshaphat. He was terrified, went to the Lord like, God, we don't know what to do, but our eyes are upon you. What do we do? The Lord told him, go down. I'm going to be with you. Don't fear. They, he ordered people, sent the Levites up. They went in and worshiped and praised the Lord. And as they praised God, the Lord sent ambushes everywhere. He fought the battle for them. And so that was just such a testament to me. Um, for not working on the Sabbath and resting on the Sabbath, that as I worship and praise God, he is yeah. fighting my battles. And just like you said, how we how we redefine worship, worship is wo- like worship is a warfare posture. When we worship God, he is taking our battles. There is no uh, way that I think God will look upon his daughter because we are his daughters and his sons. And, and he sees us on our face kneeling and worship and he would allow any adversary to overtake us, whether that be, you know, mm-hmm. a financial adversary, you know, a business at anything we get so much strategy and we get so much victory in worship and I feel that when we put down all our strategies of you know not finishing our work or rushing or lack of time management and we take time to like King Jehoshaphat King Jehoshaphat say set our eyes upon the Lord so many victories are won just in that place of humility and worship and I think that's powerful because I don't know anybody else other than a God who could do something like that that's right that's yeah. right. Well, I mean, that, that is just, that is the essence of, of worship. And that also has to be taught. What you just talked about has to be taught that, that there's such value 
in just a fresh hallelujah. Yes. I mean, just a just a true praise. And that if people really understand how many things are um, moved and affected in the spirit, mm. right? That it is not always about making deals and moving money around. That there's this layer of this world and our systems and practices. And then there is a, another higher level that happens in the spirit. Yes. And that if God's hand can move and work in an, an environment, he can transform things faster than we could do, more effectively than we can do. And how do we activate movement in the spirit is that we have to actually traverse in the spirit through prayer, through worship, through singing and giving the Lord glory through the spoken testimony and opening our mouth and declaring his word, we actually can war, we actually can traverse in spiritual reality and bring to pass effect in the natural realm wow. that we are often working so hard to try to master. Uh, just so very important, very, very important. Oh, to be a king's kid. <laughs> Indeed. <laughs> oh, to be a king's kid. All right, guys. So before we leave, I definitely want to leave you with some practical tips. I know we talked about the spiritual time, the spiritual side, but now we're going to talk about a conversation on time management and using your six days effectively. Because I know a lot of us and some of us on here have a heart for God. We want to honor God on the Sabbath, but we just feel so overwhelmed with our workload. So the first thing that the Lord gave me, and I want to have this discussion with you too, Bram, but the first thing that God gave me was end with a Sabbath day goal. So I want to do such and such by Saturday, you know, Monday through Saturday, you have all this time, six days to complete all your work so that on Sunday, you can give your complete focus and adoration to Jesus Christ, honoring it as a day of remembrance and not a day of work. So I know a lot of people say goal setting, getting yourself together. So end yourself, start on Monday with a Sabbath day goal. Is there anything else that you um, have found that helps you brand with managing your time? Because I know you have a lot on your plate. So yeah. what, what's something that helps well, you manage your time? First of all, I will preface what I'm about to say by saying that I'm still a work in progress with this. <laughs> and I think that, I mean, we, you know, we're all learning and time management is something that I think is you know, for many people, it's just an ongoing um, challenge. But something that I have been doing lately and that has helped me is actually scheduling my workload. And mm -hmm. it may seem a little bit kind of like, well, of course you would do that. But in actuality, I didn't always do that. There were times where I would realize I got seven things to do today. And then I would just try to do them. As I finish one, I would start the other and finish. And then what I realized, if I could put a, a time frame to do something in my schedule that has a start time and an end time. And I will work, you know, with all my focus in that time frame, but then I will stop. Mm -hmm. And then I'll move on to the next thing so that while I'm doing that, I am not distracted by the other six things that I've got to get done, but I can focus on this. And then if I, as, as far as I get done, then I'll stop and I'll switch to the next thing. It has actually helped me to be more productive because I am um, I'm able to focus. Right. If I if I if I, if I structure it in there, I'm able to focus. So maybe uh, if you've got three or four projects or whatever you're doing, Monday just settle on one and realize I can wait till Tuesday for number two. I don't have to be distracted and 50-50 between one and two on Monday. 
exactly. so you can kind of bring some structure to your workload and how you approach it, uh, you can perhaps feel better about mm-hmm. your productivity on a regular basis. Absolutely. And I think an awesome place to look for time management, just like God, I mean, just like, I'm sorry, Brandon said, working on something specifically Monday, Tuesday is actually to go back to Genesis one, because when God was forming the earth on one day, he did one thing on another day, he did another thing on the third day, he did this. And then he completed everything in six days. And I think for entrepreneurs it's so powerful because, you know, God is the formula. If we look at what he did and, you know, try to replicate almost a Genesis model, we can't fail because we're doing what God already did. And so I think what he said about focusing is so powerful. Another thing, and this takes me to my next point about what Brandon said, is being on time. I know a lot of entrepreneurs can get into the habit, and I I get into this too sometimes with my podcast, is when I'm the boss of my own time, I may set something for one o'clock, and I'm like, oh, I'll start at 110, oh, I'll do do do. But really, what you're actually only doing is wasting time and making it harder for yourself. So being on time and being punctual, even when nobody is watching, is so important to being efficient and effective in your work. So even when working from home or working for yourself, get used to setting what may feel like an intense daily regimen that will put you on top of your work week instead of your work week being on top of you, I think is very important. And I think the last thing that everyone should kind of get into the habit of doing is weekly planning, like we've talked about, not just going into the week, like blindsided, not knowing what you're doing, but actually having, you know, a a course of action, a plan of action, which I think is very biblical because God is a God of order and he never goes into anything without knowing. Anything to say to that? Amen. (laughs) I think you're right on the money. And I mean, I'm listening to you and, and again, just refreshing myself. Yep. I make, make note of that. What Raven just said. I mean, those are just great principles. I, Thank you. I, I wholeheartedly agree. Yeah. Thank you. I think the second thing that I have to say too, after those strategic practices is overcoming and limiting distractions, which is so hard for me. What I put on here is Netflix, TikTok, email checking during time that's designated for work is not good. We are supposed to right. be work first and then rest. And like I said, working up to that Sabbath day when we can take off and rest and worship God. Also taking managed breaks while you do your work. Like Brandon said, it's okay to do your work, take a little break, and then move on to the next thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then for the final thing that I have to say um, about goal setting throughout the week, I know that living in a pandemic has like really changed a lot. So for people who lack motivation or find themselves slipping into what they call like a lethargic attitude about life in the midst of a pandemic, um, this is where your creativity can really shine. Each week, I would encourage you to choose a specific theme or a focus point that you want to hone in on and set your week around that. Maybe have Bible studies and your morning routine around this. Maybe your word for the week is joy, or maybe your word for the week is remembrance. Keep music, keep images around that, that hone in on that thing, and then you'll see it show in your work. And I think that it'll really help in you staying motivated, staying on track, and staying focused. So. Yeah. That's something that I really want to start incorporating in doing. <laughs> sure, sure. Is sure, there anything? I, I, I agree okay. with that as well. I mean, I, I think that um, what you're getting at, and which is so important to God, I, I um, referenced the passage in Ecclesiastes 3. Mm-hmm. The Bible talks about how Solomon said, to everything there's a season and a time for every purpose under the heaven. He goes 
through this list. There's a time to be born. There's a time to die. There's a time to plant, time to reap. That thinking about your life and understanding that there is um, a day, a span of time that you have to live. And that throughout that time, God wants you to be very intentional about how you successfully live. Mm. Uh, Bishop Wagner, one of my heroes in the gospel, has a famous quote that he said that life is a gift, but living is an art form. And mm. it's, it's that you, everybody that's alive is alive, but people that know how to live understand that there's a skill, there is a, um, an artfulness to actually living successfully. And yes. a big part of that is how do you master your time? Mm. And how do you make sure that the energy that you have, which is a limited amount, and the mm-hmm. time and the bandwidth and the mental capacity that you have, which is all limited, how can you best utilize and um, allocate that to the various goals that you want to accomplish? And as well, not just your goals, the calling of God on your life, mm-hmm. uh, which is another thing with time management. You got to make sure that what you're doing, God actually is with you. Mm-hmm. Because if God's not with you, you're going to honestly be battling against your purpose which is going to make your life very hard if God is with you there's going to be a wind behind you where Mm -hmm. there's going to be a miraculous support yes but if you're contrary to that wind it's going to be very difficult people are wondering why I can't accomplish things and sometimes what you're doing is actually not what you're supposed to be doing and that's what's making it so difficult so um, understanding how to live your life with intentionality and as well, obedience and understanding what God wants you to do and be, I think is just so very important. And again, it's a learning process for all of us. Yes, We're always and I think working through it. That's why it's so important to have the Holy Ghost too, because you can't Absolutely. be led. <laughs> can't be led right. by the spirit if you don't have the spirit and the Correct. spirit I think is the is the supernatural key to living intentionally and living an obedient life to Christ a life right. in which you win in everything you do and that's of course what we want to do I oh my gosh I talked about your New Year's Eve message on my podcast but coming back yeah. to that what 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 exactly was the words again because I don't want to mess it up go for their perfection yes the go, said, for their perfection. Them, go for their perfection yeah. Yeah. yes and I think that's how we go for our perfection is through the leading of the Holy Spirit and just that's right. doing what we're supposed to do. And, and, and that's right. And don't settle. Don't settle and don't let the struggle and the challenge of life discourage you or frighten you so much that you settle into a safe place mm. that is not the finished version of yourself. Right. It, it will get hard, but go for your perfection keep going for it. Um, and the pursuit of it is actually what pleases God that wow. you did not, you did not fail to pursue his promises of who you could become and who you would be um, fail or not. Right. Some people don't go for it because they're afraid they won't get there. Mm. And that's actually not what God is most concerned about. Um, God is actually concerned about the pursuit of it, right. that you actually go for it. Um, and you're really going for yourself. So yeah, that is a word from the Lord. Yes. That's a word from the Lord. Amen. So I want to thank you all so much for being here for these 30 minutes that we had to talk about such a very important topic. 
Um, I would encourage you all to please continue to meditate on this and find ways every week uh, to center your time around an end goal of rest, worship, and adoration to God. Working every day, as we have said, is not pleasing in the sight of God. <laughs> and as long as we can help it, honoring the Sabbath is an excellent way to show God how much he means to you and establish him back as the head of your life, work, time, and finances. I pray that this episode was a blessing to someone and please share. Thank you all so very much and see you next Sunday. Bye-bye. Awesome. Thank you all so much for listening to the Ray of Light TV podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. And before I go, I want to leave you with a few tools if you are ever struggling or in need. If you desire to get connected with the Word or the Lord Jesus Christ, I'm going to share three houses or churches that I watch very faithfully who always come with a revelatory and modernized word. That is One House LA, led by Pastor Ture and Pastor Sarah Jakes Roberts. The Potter House Dallas, led by Bishop T.D. Jakes, and my hometown church, Zion Pentecostal Church of Christ, led by Bishop C. Wayne Brantley. You can find all of these resources on YouTube and social media to meet you at your point of need, no matter where you are in the earth. If you are struggling with your mental health, suicide, anxiety, depression, BetterHelp is an online platform that can help you find a counselor that meets your specific needs. Go to www.betterhelp.com for more information. If your family is struggling during this pandemic season and you need a prayer hotline to go to, text 1-888-946-6220 or email zpccprayer at gmail.com. For the National Suicide Hotline or Substance Abuse, dial one 800 662 4357 or 1-800-273-8255. To get in touch with me on all platforms, you can find me at Raven Lynn or at the Ray of Light TV podcast on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, and YouTube. On all platforms, you can find me at Ray of Light TV podcast, Apple podcast, Spotify, and Morning Magic with Raven Lynn Lipford on the same platforms. I love you all so very much. Thank you.